The Holy Gospel according to John, the 12th chapter. Now, among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life will lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. Whoever serves me the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled. And what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It is for this reason that I come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice came for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Those are the words that get inscribed on lots of pulpits all over the United States and maybe around the world in different languages. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. It's a statement of purpose for those who would dare to preach. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. If you have to drone on and on about the history of Israel, fine. If you need to show off your ability to parse Greek verbs, fine. If you think you're a comic and you need to tell a few jokes, fine. But just please, when you're done, make sure we have seen Jesus. Now, to be fair, I think we should inscribe those words, we wish to see Jesus, right up here on the east wall behind the altar somewhere where the whole congregation could see them and be reminded that those who come here wish to see Jesus. The coffee and the cinnamon rolls are great, but hey, we came to see Jesus. Yeah, the new carpet is lovely, but we came to see Jesus. Please, can you help us see Jesus? Now, I've been eavesdropping on a conversation at an ELCA group page on Facebook. I, I, never, I joined the group, I guess, ages ago. It's anybody in the ELCA can be a part of this conversation, if you choose. 
I don't usually choose, but I, I looked at it not long ago, and I was absolutely appalled at what I saw going on on this page. Now, it's not the official ELCA page. It's just a group of ELCA folks having conversations. But they are basically having an all-out war, a verbal brawl. One woman actually accused a gentleman of being stupid and uneducated. She said, obviously, you haven't finished anything past the eighth grade in school. They call for the banishment of all voices that are not lockstep with their own voice. And they're doing this self-righteous judging right there out in public on a church website in Jesus' name. It makes me shudder. I'd hate for someone to land on that page hoping to see Jesus. Because Jesus is the guy who said, love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. Treat others the way you want to be treated. We want to see Jesus. Jerusalem is packed with tens, if you can imagine, tens of thousands of people, pilgrims, people from all over the world, from Egypt and Greece and Rome and Israel and the land beyond the Jordan River, people who have journeyed to that great city, Jerusalem, in order to celebrate the Jewish Passover, the greatest of Jewish festivals, to remember how God freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, and to renew their hope that God will free them once again. Those participating are making sin offerings in the temple. They're using the mikvahs and immersing themselves in the waters of purification. They're listening to the great Jewish teachers in the gates there at the temple. They're praying and worshiping in the courtyards. They're gathering in homes with family and strangers and friends. And some among them were Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida. And they said to him, Sir, we want to see Jesus. It's funny. We never find out if the Greeks got to see Jesus. We know that Philip and Andrew went to see Jesus and said there are some Greeks out here who'd like to see you. But maybe they have to go to the cross to see Jesus or to the empty open tomb. Or maybe they'll see him on the way to Galilee after the resurrection and maybe, maybe they're still waiting it's a pregnant pause in the story, kind of a preamble to the sermon that Jesus gives in the next few verses, a sermon about seed having to fall into the ground and die. And if it falls into the ground and dies, well, then it produces an abundance of fruit. And about how those who love their life in this world will lose it, but those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternity. And how whoever wants to serve Jesus has to follow him, and where he is, there his servants will be also, and the Father will honor all who have served. Seeing Jesus is one thing. Following and serving him is more important. 
I mean, on another day, Jesus would say, blessed are those who have seen, have not seen, sorry, and yet have come to believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Maybe the seeing comes from the serving and the following. One day Jesus dies on a cross, convicted unjustly of crimes that he did not commit, a warning to anyone who would challenge the powers that be. A Roman centurion presiding over his death will suddenly see Jesus. Truly, this man was the Son of God. A bandit hanging on the other cross next to him will suddenly see Jesus. Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And the disciples came to see Jesus while they were traipsing around the countryside, following after him, never knowing where they were going to lay their head from one night to the next, watching, participating in his ministry and his teaching, organizing the lines for all the sick who were showing up to be healed, scrambling to feed the crowds after an exceptionally long day of lectures and preaching, and then experiencing the miracle of God's abundance and grace when two fish and five loaves somehow fill the stomachs of more than 5,000 people. It's in the work of the serving and the loving and the welcoming and the forgiving that we come to see Jesus. To see, to be with Jesus, we follow, and in the following, we're blessed. We gathered over 800 pounds of food this month for the St. James Lutheran Church Food Pantry. Over 800 pounds of food. Those who work with the pantry were amazed. They sent a letter expressing their amazement, and they said, it's a new partnership. They marveled that before doing a collection, we actually took the time to contact them and find out what it was they really needed and wanted for the food pantry. And then we actually produced those items in a great abundance. They said, when you restart your Saturday's miracle breakfast, maybe we can give you a hand. I think we saw Jesus. Five members of this congregation so far have signed up to produce casseroles that are going to be picked up by the Safe Home. Um, Safe Home is a local shelter for women and children who are fleeing abuse, domestic violence, and the location is kept absolutely secret, so we can't drop the casseroles off, but they will send somebody here. So we're going to collect the casseroles, put them in the church freezer. They're going to send somebody over, load up all these casseroles, take them back. And the problem is they don't have their cook. I think their cook became ill or something, and they haven't had anybody to cook the meals for the women. So we're helping to supply that. We will be putting food on the table and I have a feeling that somewhere in the midst of the baking and the delivering and the serving and the receiving, somebody will see Jesus. Sally calls up Holly and offers to watch Holly's dog while Tom's in the hospital so Holly can go and be at the hospital with Tom. Ralph and Dan Pressing came to the church this week 
unclogged two gutters that are outside the AA room so that the AA group can meet in a room that doesn't have wet basement carpets. A man leaving AA last week just happened to mention to me again, because they do this with some frequency, how welcome we have made them. How much they feel a part of this community. How they feel loved and respected. They have dignity, which was something missing at the last church where they met for over 30 years and were relegated to a really dark, stuffy room at the end of a long hallway on a second floor at the top of some awkward stairs far, far away, hidden from everything. Here they walk in, in sunlight, to a room with windows. They watch over our building like it was their own home. In them, I have seen Jesus. Karen, a regular attender of our Saturday's Miracle Breakfast, and for those of you who might be tuning in and don't know about this, for eight plus years, we serve breakfast here every Saturday morning, a big hot buffet for anybody who wanted to come, no questions asked, and it just became a community in and of itself, and some of them came to worship. Um, Karen phoned me up, and she was the fourth person just recently from those guests who has contacted me to say how much they miss it. They said, yeah, the food was important, but it's the community. It's the people. It's the being together. It's pulling together. It's having one another's backs. She said that she wanted to know how we were doing, how I was doing in this pandemic. And to say how much she was looking forward to being again together someday. Why would these people be calling? Why, after a year, would they miss the breakfast that much? I think it's because they have seen Jesus. I don't know what kind of Jesus those Greeks were looking for that day in Jerusalem in the midst of all the hubbub of the Passover festival. But the one they found wrestled with the price he would pay for loving. He wrestled with the price he would pay for loving us this much. The one they found wondered out loud whether he might avoid the cross, whether he might change course and not die. And then he stopped himself. Because, you see, he knows we can't avoid death. That comes regardless. We can only maybe postpone it, and even that's not up to us. But in serving, in trusting, in loving God and one another, we enter the gate of life that never ends. We see Jesus in the places where there is sacrificial love, whether it's at the altar, in the bread, and the wine, and the juice, 
or in all the little gestures of love and grace and forgiveness we experience each and every day. You know, we can say a lot about Jesus, but it is so much better seeing him. Amen.